0: And it kind of leads into what's on my heart uh, for today. I, I want to talk to you about weak yet strong. Yeah. Weak yet strong. H- here's how it goes. In life, we have seen weakness as a curse. We've, we've seen weakness as something to avoid or ignore or deny When the reality is we as humans are weak. We as humans are limited. We as humans uh, can only do so much, go so far. Even the strongest, greatest, and best can only go so, so far or do so much. And there is a sense in which we first have to accept our human weakness before we can go beyond that to find something more than that. You see, Jesus Christ didn't just come and walk the earth to do a few miracles to heal a few people. He didn't come just to die on the cross to get you to heaven. He came to be your life, in fact, the very strength of your life. That's what Christ is all about. He is the strong one, and he is the only one who is strong, the Almighty. That's him, and that's who he wants to be, to you, in you, through you, the Almighty, the strength of your life. Now, I want us to start with a story of the life of Jacob. You, you know the story, so we don't need to, to dwell on reading over a lot of the scriptures. But Jacob came to a place in his life where all of his human strengths, all of his human talents, and all of his human abilities had fallen short. And now he was like between a rock and a hard place. At this stage in his life, he has accomplished much and acquired much. And yet he feels so little and so weak on the inside. But dare not admit it. And so, here he is at this point. His his uncle... and and his uncle and his cousins are coming after him in a rage because they feel like he's ripped them off and he's stolen and and deceived them and robbed from them their possessions His, his brother has sworn to kill him if he ever found him and now the Lord has told him go back to your homeland and go back to your brother and here he's in a great dilemma and in the midst of all that he starts conjuring up different plans and schemes because he's a deceiver and as a deceiver, he's deceived about the truth, so he's got to keep proving himself strong by finding ways to exercise his strength. So he's trying to find his leverage, and so he decides he'll he'll send his his um, he'll send his brother this big gift, and all these animals and all these possessions, and sort of buy him off, as it were, a bribe. And then he thought, well, just on, on the fact that that may not do the job, I'm going to send my wife and the kids ahead of me. And then he'll see these poor, innocent women and children, and he'll feel sorry for me. you know. And so he sends them on. Now, here he is lagging behind at night in the dark and by himself. And suddenly he encounters the strong one. He encounters the Lord. And in this wrestling match with the Lord, the Lord is showing him, all this time you've been wrestling with me throughout your entire life. True about all of us. Whether we know it or not, if we find ourselves butting heads, we're betting heads with the Lord. If we find ourselves in a conflict where we seem to be losing more than winning, or even when we're winning, we still don't feel like we've won, we've been wrestling with the Lord. We've been resisting the grace of God. We, we've been... We've been in opposition to him. Saul, this great champion, this religious leader, marching down the Damascus Road. I mean, he's on fire to put these these people, these these false teachers who are talking about some guy named Jesus, whom he declares himself, and the scripture as he understands it, to be blasphemy, he's got to put them out. And suddenly... He encounters the Lord, the living Lord Jesus Christ, and he has this encounter, and he's blinded by this awesome light, and suddenly he finds himself down and out, and again God is saying to him, Saul, you're the, you're the strong one? No, I am. You thought you were strong, you were the best of the best, and still, it was not good enough. It was not good enough. And so, here's here's Jacob having this encounter. Now, as he's wrestling with the Lord, the Lord says, well, what's your name? And he finally admits he's the deceiver. You know, we've got to admit we're weak. We've got to admit we're in the wrong. So he admits, okay, I've been deceived. I've been living a lie. I've been trying to be somebody I was not. I was trying to be strong. But in fact, I'm weak. So he makes his admission. Now, after that, After that, the Lord says, okay, because finally, finally you have come to that place in your life. He says, now I want you to know that, oh yes, and by the way, I touched your hip. Yes, that's why you're limping. That was me. (laughs) That was me making sure that you know that you are weak. You see, as, as men, and especially in their day, all they had was their physical strength. And so for him to have his hip, hey... I suspect some of you have occasionally walked with a limp. The older we get, the more we limp. Have you noticed? Oh, you know, yes. you don't have to do much. I grew up in the generation where twist and shout was the thing, man. Well, I'm telling you, as, as a senior citizen, <laughs> twisting is not too cool. Because if you don't turn and if you try to twist before you know it, what happened? It's like your knee goes here and, you're, and it, it doesn't go right. Yep. And then you're walking around with a limp. And the Lord is reminding us that no matter how strong we may have once been, (laughs) we are weak. We are weak. We are weak. It's not a bad thing to admit weakness. Now we looked before at one of our studies here about how even the youth shall grow weary and faint. So hey, it's not just us old folks. It's not just because we got gray hair that we're weak. Every human is weak when it comes to living life. When it comes to being what God made us to be, we are all weak apart from him. Jesus himself in John 15 said, apart from me, you can do how much? How much do you say? Not one thing. Now that's apart from him. But when Christ comes into us, we're no longer apart from him or far away from him, but he's now one with us. But if we're not conscious of that, and we don't get that awareness, that revelation, that knowing and understanding that I'm one with him, and he is in me and my strength, then I'll still try to be strong for the Lord. I'll still try to, oh, Lord, give me strength. And what have I just done? I've tried to strengthen the flesh. The Lord's not going to strengthen your flesh. He won't give you strength. He says, hey, you're wasting your breath. Furthermore, I've done you one better. I've given you the source of strength. (laughs) You have the strong one in you who is now one with you. And you are strong in him. So you have the strength. So here's, here's a man who walked with a limp. But suddenly, suddenly the Lord says, but now you're Israel a prince with God. You move from one who is weak in deception living a lie in darkness to one who is now entered into the light to one who is now a person in a place of authority with power and influence and strength. And he walked his life with a limp but it was not until he began to walk with a limp that he walked as one strong in the Lord. You see, your limp is the best thing that will ever happen to you. Your limp, your limp is that healthy reminder from the Lord that while your spirit may be willing, in fact probably is, your flesh is weak. Your flesh is powerless. But the Lord is wanting you to understand that. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. You were never created to be the strong one. In fact, it's impossible for you to have ever been created as the strong one. There's only one who is strong. There's only one. But he will gladly impart his strength to you by giving his life to you and thus becoming the strength of your life. There's the source of strength. There's where it comes from. That's what it's about. It's about finding strength in the Lord. Now, I know that to say weak and yet, strong sounds like a contradiction, perhaps even a paradox. But in fact, it's a reality. Only when you're weak can you then become strong. But I'm not talking about just that I am physically weak. Oh, I've got to admit that I am weak. You're, you're never going to be truly strong until you're totally weak. Because, see, the Lord has said, I am in you, I'm available to you, but as long as you're trying to do it, I can't be to you and for you and through you all that I am and all that I can be in you. We, we hear a little phrase, and it's a good phrase, be all that you can be. And we try to do that. But the only way you can be all that you can be is in Christ. Yeah. If any man be in Christ... See, there's a being. All right. A being in Christ. You, How do I be all that I can be? I must be in Christ. And then in Christ, I become a new person. Yeah. I know we sing these songs. Present company included. <laughs> and we say several songs we've just sang talks about the Lord setting us free but he's done us one better the scripture says he makes us free some translations to be sure use the word set but to be set free and to be made free there's a vast difference Yes, I can be set free and I can still be the prisoner you know I knew oh, there was one person and they, they let him loose they, they came to the jail cell and they said you're free but you know At first, he couldn't grasp it, so he just kept sitting in there. He kept staying in the prison, even though he was free by the law. (laughs) He had been declared free by the system, but he still felt like he was a prisoner. Freedom is what God makes us. And when he makes you a new creation, you are made free indeed. The word indeed means as a fact, a total complete fact, not just a theory, not just God said you're free, no, he made you free, and therefore you are free indeed. You are free as in a fact, in a truth. And so that's what, that's what this reality is of moving from weakness to strength. Our flesh is going to continue to remain in the realm of weakness, But that's not a problem because the Lord counteracts that because he in you is the strength of your life. So whatever your human limitations are, no problem from the Lord's vantage point. No problem. And thus, no problem from your vantage point. The moment you sense weakness, praise God, you know I am strong in the Lord. So weakness is never a limitation ever again. Yes, of course, we do have human and physical limitations. And we do have things that, that slow us down. And we have things that wear us down. But let's go, um, let's go to a passage in Isaiah 33 and uh, verse um, uh, 23. Isaiah 33:23. 23. We're still thinking about walking with a limp. And so if we walk with a limp... It looks like we're the weak one. It looks like we're not going to make it because we just keep limping and getting farther behind and slower and slower. But Isaiah 33 and verse 23, he says, Your tacklings are loosed. They could not well strengthen the mast. They could not spread the sail. Okay, so, things are in disarray in your life, things are loose, they're, they're not properly connected, they're not properly functioning together, they're not doing what they could or should do, okay, there's there's some limitation here, there's some problems here, but, no problem from the Lord's standpoint, because he says, then is the prey of a great spoil divided, when When you see that your life isn't strong enough, that you don't have the resources, you don't have the knowledge, the talent, or the ability to get the job done, then, then are the spoils divided. In other words, then can God impart his provisions to you. Then can God make a way where there is no way. Then... Only then, only when you've given up trying all the things this world has to offer. You know, I, I, I love that little children's nursery rhyme. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Remember that one, Matthew? Did you ever get to learn such a thing? Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. How about you? Do you remember such a thing? Yeah. Not really a bad story. We adults sometimes need to go back and learn what the kids got way back because we forgot it somehow. Humpty Dumpty now was a pretty awesome character except he was a little strange looking. Let's face it. What was odd about this guy? Anybody remember Matthew? Can you tell me? What? A, a, a huge head. Now <laughs> that's symbolic of pride and pride goes before <laughs> destruction and destruction before a fall and down went old Humpty Dumpty. And here's the thing here's the thing Humpty's down and he's out. And what's his hope? All the king's horses and all the king's men could not do what for Humpty? Couldn't put him together again. And that's the facts of life. The things of this world, even the kings of this world, the greatest leaders of this world and the greatest resources of this world cannot put you back together again. And the sooner you come to that place of true and total brokenness where you see that all you've tried to do and all you've achieved, even the best of it, It's like filthy rags in God's sight because it's worthless and meaningless to you, doesn't glorify God, doesn't accomplish for you any sense of purpose or value in your life, no matter how much you got or how much you have achieved. It's never enough. Never. And then he says, verse 23 at the end, the lame take the prey. That is the most absurd statement. If you've been out anywhere much, you know, I mean I've got, we have foxes have revisited our neighborhood and there's a lot of people terrified of the fox because they have little dogs. But the lame take the prey. So here's, here's, the, here's a lame creature. I mean the big animal has come at it and it's ripped it. I mean the animal's just hanging on by a shred. But the lame take the prey. This is the total contradiction of life in the Lord. You and I are lame. We are lame whether we walk with a physical limp, we walk with our certain flaws and failures and limitations and faults and all the baggage of our past. We're lame. That's it. So no wonder we adopt the word, Oh, that's lame. (laughs) Yeah, that is, that's not so cool. Not good. And that's correct. But it's not a problem in the Lord. It's incidental to the Lord; doesn't really matter. So we've got to get our focus off of our human limitations and our human inabilities. I recently watched a program about Beethoven. If you know about this, one of the greatest geniuses of all time, okay. musicians, yeah. and like he composed his his first. Uh, Symphony, whatever it was, when he was like 12. Man, he had a future ahead of him, his talent, his ability, and then, and then he went deaf. At age 26, his whole world shut down, or so it seemed. Now, you and I looking at that from a distance would say his life is over. He has no more future. Do you know it was after he went deaf, he composed his greatest compositions and had the greatest of his symphonies after he went deaf. What about that? The lame take the prey. And you know it's reported that he said it wasn't until I became deaf that I began to hear the music. He said music is the voice of God. And I in my deafness began to hear the voice of God and God began to give me the music. Thus I was able to be one who would communicate the words of God through music yeah. here it seemed was a man who could have should have cried moaned groaned complained but instead be still and know be still and know the psalmist says be still and know that I am God when we're still we will know When we try to stop figuring it out and working it out and running around to get everybody's opinion and just be still, the Lord will begin to show us. He'll begin to lead us. He'll begin to guide us. (coughs) In quietness and confidence is your strength, Isaiah tells us. You've got to get back to that quiet place. I'm not talking about some devotional time here. I'm talking about a heart connection with the living God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he's, he wants us to understand that, sure, Beethoven had a limp, a huge limp. But it was not a limitation. In fact, it became the very means by which he excelled. And may your limp do the same for you. In 1 Corinthians 1.27, the Apostle Paul gives us a New Testament perspective on all this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 27 But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the mighty So those who are mighty, those who have strength and power think they're strong because of their strength. And so God comes along with the weak things and overshadows those who are strong and shows them where true strength lies. You know the man that broke the record by running the first four minute mile had an amazing past. You see as much as he was a runner and loved to run he then was in an accident in which his body was burned severely and the report was that he probably wouldn't walk and certainly could never run. But as he laid there in prayer and in agony and in pain he said I believe I will not only run but I will be the fastest man on earth and he came out of that horrific time of the impossible of his pain and his suffering and out of all of his human limitations which would have caused a normal person to lay down and roll over and probably die or at least become uh, suicidal or psychotic but instead he focused on a vision and a purpose and a goal, and his assurance was by prayer and faith, I will one day be the fastest man. And he went in the first four minute mile. What an amazing thing. You see, the lame take the prey. When I am weak, then I am strong. Second Corinthians chapter twelve verse. 9 and 10 so Paul has said God has chosen the weak things so he's not looking around for the strongest and the best in fact he delights in the weak because he knows they're the ones who are going to admit their weakness and then be in total dependency upon him as the source of their strength um, yeah so 2nd Corinthians chapter 12 Nine, 9 and 10. Now the weak. You know weakness has been construed as a bad thing. We, we, we living from the tree of knowledge are constantly looking at good versus bad. So strong is declared good and weak is declared bad. So we have an aversion to weakness and thus we're hesitant and often unwilling to admit we're weak. In fact... Some of us, my my generation for sure, and of course many of yours, that was considered anathema. You dare not admit you have some weakness, especially when you're around your dad (laughs) or if you're in the military. There's nobody has a place for a weakness because that's considered to be a coward. And nobody's interested in cowards. But you can be strong and courageous and still admit your weakness. And still it makes a weakness. Sergeant York in World War I was one of the greatest military uh, achievements of his time. One of the greatest heroes. Here was a man, just a country guy from Tennessee, but he knew how to shoot. And he had a simple faith and trust in his Lord. They were pinned down and his fellow soldiers were being picked off one by one. And it looked like they were all going to get killed. But as he was over there praying, he said, well, I know how to shoot. And before he knew it, he just jumps up as a man of true courage, even though he knew he was weak humanly. But knowing his Lord was the strength of his life, moved forward and began to just move around until finally he took out all the enemy. Saved his entire company. One man. One man. Who didn't shy away from the fact of his weakness, but focused in on the source of his strength. So it's a matter of what are we looking at here in our life. Are we looking at our human flaws, failures, and limitations, or are we looking at the source of our strength and the strength of our life? And so we're looking here at this scripture, 2 Corinthians 12. And Paul has experienced a time of very visible, tangible and intense weakness. and in his praise cried out to the Lord. and um, so we're picking up the story there in verse nine. And the Lord spoke to Paul, "My grace is sufficient for you." Yes, we've heard that many a time. All right, let's just tuck that away. But look what he says. My grace is sufficient for you. doesn't mean it's everything and all you need. It means more than that. It's available to you now. Because, because, you see, my strength is made perfect where? In weakness. My strength is brought to perfection and completion through your weakness. Yes. And only as I am weak can I experience the Lord as my strength. Only so look at what he says a little further let's read along most gladly here's Paul's response now (laughs) the Lord has already shown him the source of his strength is not in being stronger Lord give me strength but the source of my strength is Lord I admit I am weak but your grace grace means God's empowering God's enabling God's equipping now we have a day and an age where everybody wants to be empowered sure that's nice He said, where's the source of power come from and all the power that the world is trying to offer us is not going to get us where we need to be and give us what we really want Mm -hmm. but the true empowerment derived from the Lord himself by his spirit resident in you Christ in you there is the source of your strength so he's saying my grace that is my enabling (laughs) my divine empowering will get the job done So Paul is saying, okay, okay, I get it. Most gladly therefore, now he's glad. He was sad, he was hurting, in pain, moaning, groaning, complaining as it were, certainly calling out to the Lord, constantly, Lord, give me strength, Lord, give me strength. And he says, wait a minute, I've done you one better. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is available to you. My life is resident in you. I am strong in you. Thus... You can be strong in me. Most gladly, therefore, Paul says, I will rather glory in my infirmities. See, glory in my infirmities. The lame take the prey. Okay, I'm walking with a limp, so I don't like it, doesn't look good, doesn't feel good, but I glory in my infirmities. So I made my way to Indonesia one time, and I'll tell you the short version, because some have probably heard this story a number of times. But the short version was when I got over there, I got malaria. Very sick. I'm out in a remote area. There's no medicine. There's no doctors. There's no help. I'm just laying there each day getting weaker and sicker and sicker and weaker. But every time it was my turn to speak, to teach in the class, my little room was right next door to the classroom building. Every time the Lord's grace, His enabling, His supernatural strength would well up in me and I would by faith sit up and as soon as I sat up I was able to stand up and as soon as I was able to stand up I was able to step and step and walk and get over there and stand and teach and preach. Then when I got back, I collapsed. I mean, bam, I'm out. My friend thought I was dying and that went on all for two or three days. But the Lord was my strength in my weakness I was glorying in my infirmity I wasn't dwelling on it or complaining about it I was just waiting on the Lord to infuse his strength into me to empower me to rise up at the appointed time and do what I was called to do sure I walked with a limp a serious limp I could barely walk in fact apart from those times when I could get up I could barely make it to the bathroom but the Lord sustained me so we're weak and yet we're strong so he's saying here I glory in my infirmities why so that the power of Christ the power now we're talking about the true power source so that the power of Christ himself the same power that Jesus exhibited as he walked the earth the same power that raised Jesus from the dead that's the power we're talking about And that power in the person of Christ is within you when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He comes in to indwell you, to be the strength of your life. So here's the power of Christ, and it's in you. And so then he adds again in verse uh, 10, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, reproaches, necessities, persecutions. It doesn't matter how bad it is or how dark it gets. I just take pleasure and I move on. And so he keeps going on down the line there in distresses for Christ's sake. And then he adds, For when I am weak, then I am strong. And we go around singing and saying, I am weak, but he is strong. Oh, that's true. But there's another truth that supersedes that one. He is strong, and I am strong. Did you hear him say it there? When I am weak, then weak, then strong. Weak, then strong. When I am weak, once I discover that my humanity is weak, that is, powers to live life, powerless to live life. When I discover that, and admit that, and just refuse to try anymore, then... I am strong because suddenly I discover that while my inner inner man is where Christ is, once I accept the fact that my outer man is weak and stop trying to fix and patch up and prop up the outer man of my flesh, my humanity, then suddenly that strength, which is the strength of my life within, suddenly wells up and flows through me, like you're saying, from the spirit through the soul, the mind, body, emotions. It flows, a strength. The strong one exercising his strength through me. When I am weak, then I am strong. Then I am strong. In, In Joel chapter 3 and verse 10, he says there, let the weak say I am strong. Now we heard a song earlier. Yes, I am. If the Lord says I am, then I am. But let me let me leap a little bit ahead with you here. It's not an if matter anymore. It's since. Mm-hmm. And since the Lord says I am, then I am. And why does the Lord say I am? Because he made me strong. Didn't just set me free, made me free, made me strong, so I am what I am by the grace of God cuz he made me that way. It's not just God see oh you know we hear it. Oh yeah, yes. I know God sees me that way, but And then it's about how I see myself. Because, you see, we're not seeing ourselves as God sees us. We're seeing ourselves through the lenses of our humanity, through our flesh. And we're seeing all of our physical limitations, all the circumstantial uh, obstacles, and all of our human weaknesses. But if we'll just back off and look at how God sees us, which is the way he made us in Christ, and in fact, that's the only way you are. Anything else you see is a lie. You've you've fallen back into the old Jacob trap. You're living the lie. For the reality is, you are strong in the Lord. You don't need to get the strength. You are strong in the Lord. You don't need power. He is your power. Mm-hmm. Whatever you need, that's who he is in you and that's who you are in him. That's right. That's right. So, when we sing and say, yes, I am, we're simply agreeing with God. All the promises in Christ are yes and amen. So, as God says, yes, our privilege, our responsibility is amen, which simply means, so be it, Lord. Have your way with me. I agree with you, Lord. It's a word of agreement. I'm simply agreeing that what you said is true. What you have made me is is right. And that's all there is to it. I may walk with a limp. It may look like I'm not going to make the finish line. But you will. But you will. Because the Lord is the strength of your life. So let the weak say, I am strong. Now, I'm not talking to you about willpower or mind control. I'm talking to you about spirit reality. I'm saying this is who God made you in Christ. And when you receive Christ, this is who you become as a new creation in Christ. You become strong in the Lord. The Lord becomes the strength of your life. And thus, we hear Paul say we hear Paul say be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might Ephesians six ten. be who you are just be just be don't try to get strength don't try to do something to make yourself strong you know we keep thinking well if I just read more scripture you know if I, if I just prayed longer and harder I'd become stronger and a better Christian no he made you the best that you can be in Christ that's why Paul says Colossians 2 10 complete in him I'm not talking about your flesh, your humanity, or your experiences, or your or your conduct. I'm talking about the essence of your being as a new creation, as a new person. That's who he's made you. So we can say with Paul, without any wishing or hoping, we can say, as Paul said in Philippians 3, uh, chapter 4, 4 uh, verse 13, he said, I can do, I can do, I can do, all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's saying there is no limit here. The sky is the limit. God calls the shots. So as he infuses his strength into me, as he strengthens me as the strength of my life, he enables me to do whatever it is I need to do. If he doesn't lead you and guide you and enable you and empower you, it's not him for you. Just leave it be. Not everybody can lift. Not everybody can do some great thing, but the thing he wants you to do, the thing he leads you to do, he will empower you and equip you and enable you to do. In my era, there was only one superhero that mattered. His name was Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Old Clark Kent. Now, he was a pretty feeble-looking guy. I mean, he was kind of frail-looking, and he was kind of just, uh, you know, kind of a, just a sort of a blah-looking character. Until it came time for action. And then he pulled off those city slicker clothes and suddenly there was this amazing man inside of him. all, All of a sudden these muscles start bulking up and there's this super man inside of simple, plain, ordinary Clark Kent. You've got to see through the exterior of your humanity and all the flaws of your past track record of fault and failure. And you've got to see on the inside your Superman because the Superman, the man Christ Jesus, is indwelling you and he is one with you and all that he is, he is in you and thus all that you are, you are in him. As he is, so are we in this world. 1st John 4:17. And as Christ is, so are you right here now because of who he is in you and what he has made you and you are what you are 1st Corinthians 15:10 by the grace of God. This is God's grace. Yes. His goodness, his mercy, but more his enabling, his empowering his life. Yes. All right, we pray. Lord, it's hard to admit weakness. I know growing up uh, I was constantly being challenged to be stronger, be stronger, try harder, try harder, do more, do more. I mean, it's ingrained in us, and we have a society and a system that demands that, and rightly so. We've got to get the job done. And yet, Lord, when we just take that huge leap of faith and simply admit, Lord, I acknowledge I am weak, I am powerless to live life then suddenly we are amazed to discover that you take all the raw, natural, and amazing talents and abilities that you've given us, and you impart your life to us, you infuse your strength into us, you are the strength of our life, you are the enabler, and by your grace, we're suddenly able to do and be all that you want us to be, and all that we need to be, and above and beyond, exceeding abundantly, beyond all that we get to ask or think, in fact. So, Lord, thank you for how you are going to amaze us in the days ahead by just reminding us through simple things that I am weak. But that's not a bad thing. And we're going to suddenly take pleasure in that and say, Lord, thank you for reminding me that my flesh is weak, but you are the strength of my life and I am strong in the Lord. I am strong in the Lord. I can do all things through Christ. Yes, Yes, I am. Because you are, I am. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Pastor Mike.